Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to episode 100 of the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about your secret weapon for your next interview. Can I just talk about how amazing it is that we made it to episode 100? I have a really special guest for this episode here. It's Marin Roberts Huntley. Marin Roberts Huntley, for those of you who don't know her, is a career expert and founder of Made to Hire, a company focused on helping professionals get what they want in their careers. Professionals call her their secret weapon. She's worked with brands such as Nike, Adidas, Columbia Sportswear, Spanx, Cliff Bar, Portland Marathon, Salomon, and Major League Soccer. Marin also teaches graduate-level marketing at the University of Oregon. And when she's not running Made to Hire, she's doing marketing strategy and business development for Fix Consulting, which is a sports-focused firm that she founded to help connect companies to their target consumer. I'm just so excited to get this episode going, and I can't wait any longer. So let's launch right into it with our 100th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. All right, Marin, how are you doing today? Hi, Chris. I'm doing great. Thanks for being back on the show. I just, I can't emphasize enough how great you were last time. And I think this episode is going to be amazing as well. So I was flattered to hear that our episode together did so well. And I have a feeling it did so well because I got you to do a lot of the talking too. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't just my advice. It was a cool idea. And uh, for those of you listeners, what we did last time was we had a mock interview. Uh, Marin interviewed me and she critiqued my answers. So do do you remember what those questions were? I do remember, and Chris, you did really well, and I'm sure your listeners got a good laugh um, at some of your answers, because you were just really natural. I remember the first thing I asked you was to tell me about yourself, because that is one of the most common and terrifying interview questions. It is. So you tackled that one really well. Um, I also asked you what makes you interested in this role and in this company, I asked you, what's your biggest professional weakness? Because people struggle with that one quite a bit, but yeah. you did pretty well. Thanks. I, then- I still uh, have flashbacks to that, though, because it's uh, it, you're right. It's not an easy question. And I think your feedback on how to address that was really helpful for me. It kind of redefined how I look at that question as well. So thank you. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's a good call out that for people who didn't hear that episode, um, I think we were episode 36. 36, Am I remembering that right? Yeah, they should go back and listen to it because you had some great answers and it was was fun just giving you advice on the fly like that. And I think there's a lot for people to learn from actually listening to a real mock interview. And and we didn't prepare before, right? It was very natural. It It was was organic. It was totally on the fly. So it's very real. And then, okay, the last two questions um, that I asked you, This one was tricky. It's called a situational question. I asked you to tell me about a time when you worked on a challenging team project. And then I, and you gave me a great answer. And then I kind of talked to you about the formula for how to answer those sort of situational questions because most people screw them up. Right. Um, And then the last question I asked you was, what are your salary expectations? Also not an easy question to answer. (laughs) If you haven't done your research, just throwing that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was fun. And, you know, I think it, it, it was tempting to not do another mock interview today, but um, 
I think we're going to cover something different, right? <laughs> exactly. And that's what I want to ask you. How is, how is this episode content, which is the concept of a portfolio, but how is this episode going to be different than answering and getting down these five fundamental questions? Yeah, it's definitely going to be different because what we're going to do is talk through one thing and we're going to go deep on this one thing, which is a portfolio that if you do for your next interview, I guarantee you it's going to set you apart because A, people don't know about this and B, they don't do it. And so when I teach my students and clients what what this is and what to do with it, it's super cool what happens. That's awesome. So I'll launch right into it. What is a portfolio? You know, I call a portfolio my, my secret kind of job catching tool because what it does is it puts together a packet of information on you that you use in the interview. So think about it, right? Every interview that you've ever gone to, you go in with a resume. That's what people do. It, it's, a, it's a formula that people have accepted and they follow it like robots. They walk in with their resume. Imagine you're the interviewer and you've had you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever, however many people thus far today who walk in like robots with their resume. And then the next candidate walks in and they bring in this booklet. And the booklet, yes, it has a resume in it, but it has a number of other really interesting things in it that we're going to talk about. And that's what they hand you as the interviewer. Just that alone is going to stop you in your tracks and say, oh, this person's different. I, I'm actually, I'm paying attention. Yeah, that's amazing. It's, it's true what you said that you, I mean, if you're competing against a bunch of people who look very similar to you in many different respects, like it's going to be hard to make yourself stand out if you're doing the same exact thing as that other person. I, I like to think of there being potentially seven things in a well-done portfolio, right? So the first thing would be a cover page. And, you know, think about if you're giving someone a gift, essentially, right? So this is a packet that you have actually prepared for this person who's interviewing, right? So on that cover page, you would put your name, you would put the job title, and then you would say something like application packet prepared for, and then you would put the name of the interview, the interviewer, excuse okay. me. And so think about, um, you know, those clear report covers that, that we, you know, we handed projects in, in, in high school. Oh, hundred um, percent college. Yeah, too. So, <laughs> <laughs> a few totally. of those. so imagine handing someone one of those clear report covers and the front of it being that cover page that has your name, it has the job title, and it, and it has that it's, a, it's an application packet prepared for the interviewer with their name on it. That's the first page of a portfolio, which makes wow. a very different impression than just walking in with a resume, right? right. The, the next thing in your portfolio would be your resume because it's got to be in there, right? And, and we can certainly talk more about that if you want, Chris. Um, you know me, I love I love all of it. So yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll give you the overview and then we can drill down on whatever you like most. Yes, that's the plan. Perfect. Okay. So then the third page, which some people I suggest doing some, I don't, um, but I want to throw out the idea anyway, is a, is a visual resume. If you Google, if you're listening to this podcast, Google visual resume, that's the best way that I can give you an idea of what that looks like. There are lots of different ways you can do a visual resume, but the idea here is 
If you're going after a position that has any sort of a creative stint to it, whether it's marketing, sales, design, anything that's at all creative, wouldn't it be cool to show someone your story through images rather than just the boring text that is your resume? So we can talk more about visual resumes too if you want. Um, the next thing that would go in your portfolio is a recommendation letter. Recommendation letter. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we can drill down on that. Um, and then the next thing would be something that most people have never heard of, which is another kind of one of my secrets. Uh, and that is a suitability map. Okay. And I, I have a feeling you're going to ask me some questions about that. So I'll come back to that one. I don't even, I honestly, no <laughs> clue. So, okay. Okay, cool. I've got your attention. Okay. And then the last two things. Um, that I definitely think should be in a portfolio. Um, one is what I call a 30, 60, 90 day plan. And then the last thing is what I call work samples. Okay. And those would be examples of projects that you've worked on in the past that you kind of boil down to a one pager. Wow. Okay. So once again, so we have these different elements. It's the cover page, mm -hmm. the resume, Visual resume for those of you who are in creative positions, potentially. Yep. Recommendation letter, suitability map, 30, 60, 90 day plan, and your work samples. Yeah. And just again, you kind of zoom out of the details of this and just think about the confidence that you're going to have walking into an interview with a packet prepared for the person with all of this in it. You're going to literally knock their socks off. That's amazing. And, and for those who are interested in coming up with something like this, what I would like to do is just unpack a few of these um, elements here of a portfolio. Um, I think the two that intrigue me right now are recommendation letter and a suitability map. So okay. let's, let's go back and start with that recommendation letter. How can we get a really good, solid recommendation letter to make me stand out in the interview? Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you're asking this because people get nervous, right? Thinking about who am I going to ask? How am I going to get them to say what I want them to say? <laughs> you know, and um, my advice is really simple on this one. You write it yourself. So I know your listeners are going, what? I write it? Okay, so it's not going to be from you, but think about who you want to write your recommendation letter. Let's say it's your old boss okay. from your, from your, where's the company that you worked, Chris? Tacombi, my Tacombi. Re okay. restaurant company. Yeah. Okay. So let's say you, you really want your old boss from Tacombi to write your recommendation letter. We know how busy he is, right? You know, he's probably a senior guy who has a family who hopes every day to get some exercise in. He's got a lot on his plate. Oh yeah. So you emailing him and saying, Hey Bob, um, would you be willing to write me a recommendation letter? That's a problem for him because he doesn't have time, A, and B, he doesn't know what you want him to say. And so right. think about how differently that email would be received if you emailed him and said, hey, Bob, I'm actually applying for a position at blank. And one of the things that I'd love to do as part of my application for the, for the position and kind of preparing for the interview is I'd love a recommendation letter from you. What do you think about me writing a draft and you can edit it and sign off on it? You're asking him in that case, probably for two to three minutes of his time instead of 20 plus minutes of his time. Right, right. That's I like that idea because like I said, I mean, if someone approached me right now um, and even then I'm not like this 
this person that doesn't want to help other people. I have a strong need to, but my schedule is absolutely packed with so many different things to do that I think it would be much more appealing to have this option. Just to play, I love playing devil's advocate, one of my favorite things to do, but don't, don't some people, wouldn't they be weirded out by the fact that saying like, hey, maybe I should write my own recommendation letter? You know, so don't, I think, the bias. I, I think it would, yeah, I think it would be a lot if out of the gates you emailed Bob and you said, hey, Bob, I've written this letter. Can you sign off on it? That would be way too pushy. Okay. I, you know, I, I think I would say to him, hey, I know how busy you are. If you're, if you're willing to um, write a le- recommendation letter for me, I can start with a draft that you can edit. Ah, okay. Right? So you you give him the framework because you know the competencies that you want to showcase in this letter. They, ideally, you know the things that you would love to be talked about. You want to respect him and give him, obviously, all the authority to right. change whatever the, the he wants to change. Right. T- totally. But I, I, I've been asked um, many times to write recommendation letters for people, and I respond to them by saying please write a draft and I'll edit it. I, you know, um, sure. it's just a, it's more out of respecting his time than it is trying to put words in his mouth, because obviously you're going to be very polite and um, suggest <laughs> to him that he edit any, anything that he wants to edit. Yeah. You know, I, I could just um, imagine how funny it'd be like saying he is the most amazing person ever. He never did anything wrong. He was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is, it is a little tricky sometimes for people to yeah. toot their own horns. Um, but, you know, thinking about the job and what they're looking for and the experience yeah. that you had in that past position, you know what you need to highlight, right? So you're going to have to get over it, right? And you're going to have to sell yourself a little bit. Um, and one, one other thing I want to mention on recommendation letters, Chris, sure. is, is the length. Half a page is good, you know, because there's there's an ongoing debate about recommendation letters. Do people read them? You know, and same sort of debate with cover letters, right, that sometimes we have to submit. Do people read them or not? Half a page is not intimidating. It's not overwhelming. It's a quick hit around, hey, here's who this person is. Here's why I'm endorsing them. These are some specific skills or results that they offer that would interest you. That's kind of the, the sweet spot. So okay. when when you're when you're writing it for yourself and asking um, your former boss to sign off on it, keep keep it to okay. about half a page. That, that keeps it easier. And um, would you recommend having multiple recommendation letters, or just stick to one really good one for the job? You know, it depends on what you're applying for and how <laughs> well your background lines up for it. So, for example, if you're a college student or recent graduate, you know, I would say having one recommendation letter from a professor who you had a good relationship with could be great. And one from an employer who you had a good relationship with. Great. If you're, you know, five to 10 years into your career and you've had quite, you know, some solid work experience, it would be great. I, you know, I'd say to have two, one at least would be, would be good. And I would say no more than two. You don't want this to be, you know, overwhelming and pages and pages of how wonderful you are i I, i'd keep it at one to two great all right Marin. now i can see why you're calling this your secret weapon when it comes to interviews because i mean can you imagine that coming with this awesome package that has all these things that are highlighting why you're the fit for the job and i think recommendation letter that's got to be a really solid go-to the one that has me almost borderline confused here is the suitability map what yeah. is what is that about and how can it help me to get the job? 
I'm super excited to talk about this one because this is not a well-known idea in the world of interviewing and job searching. Okay, so think about the last job description that you read. They're all sort of the same formula. Some are more creative than others, but at the end of the day, every job description has between five and let's say 12 essentially bullet points of this is what they're looking for, or these are the responsibilities for this position, right? And at the end of the day, what that hiring manager is trying to do is hire the person who fits those bullet points the best, right? And there's an, there's an intangible component to it, right? And a, you, know, you need to fit in with the team, but just in terms of pure background and experience and what you bring to the table, it's really important in an interview to get across, do you bring the things that they are explicitly saying in the job right. description that they want to need? And so that's what a suitability map does. So picture, um, and there are lots of different ways that you can make this, but I usually tell people to just essentially picture a white piece of paper and on the left side of the paper, you would have those, let's say, let's call it five to eight things because we don't want to go crazy and list you know, 12 or 15 things, but let's say five to eight things that they're looking for in this position. And I've got a, one in front of me. I'm just going to read you one as an yeah. example. So, And for those of you listeners, uh, Marin and I discussed this beforehand, but we're actually going to create a blog post as well to give you a visual for what we're talking about exactly because we understand how tough it can be to visualize these things but um, let's let's have Marin sell us on the benefit here and and talk about what it is and we'll link a description so you can see exactly what this is awesome yeah we'll give give you guys at least one or two examples of a suitability map okay so for example on the left side if we're thinking about the responsibilities of this job one of them could be something like schedule and conduct weekly team meetings and document the, the meeting minutes, right? So that's something that um, they're looking for, somebody who has experience doing that. Think about the right side of the page, and next to that, you would actually directly relate your experience. So if in your past role, you were responsible for running weekly meetings for a team of five people and sending out recaps... That's where you would you would call that out specifically because your resume, if you think about it, ah. it, it, your resume is a story of your journey, whereas a suitability map is a matching, a direct matching of what they say they want with how you specifically bring that experience. And so you essentially, it's like a checklist. On the left side, you have the responsibilities of the job. On the right side, you have how your experience directly connects to what they say they want. I love that. And I can see how this would give someone an easy answer to why you should bring that person on for the job. It's like direct experience. So my next question comes from you. I know you work, you've worked with a lot of students in the past. I know I have as well. Um, a concern that they have is, let's say I'm applying for a role, like a project manager role or something like that, and I haven't had that actual experience um, yeah. How do I show a company that I am a good fit for the role and a requirement if I just haven't done it before? Yeah. So with a suitability map, it's not going to be a comprehensive list of all the responsibilities. You're just not you're not going to fit that all on one page. And so be smart about it. Right. Let's say they have they've shown 10 things that they want the person to be able to do. Perhaps on your suitability map, you're going to choose seven that you know you bring. And okay. those are going to be the things that you highlight. 
if we're going into the into an interview discussion and you're specifically asked about one of the things that they say they want and you don't have, obviously you're not going to call their attention to your suitability map in that in that case. You're going to talk about any experience that you have that is related or transferable or you know, as close as you can get to that very specific thing that they're saying that they want that you don't exactly have. But I'm not going to call that out on, on the suitability map. Fantastic. That makes a lot of sense. Anything else to add about suitability map before we move on? Um, yeah, just one other thought, you know, so as I teach people about portfolios and the things that go in them, sometimes they get really, really excited, which is cool. And they want to send these beautiful documents when they submit their application. Don't do that. Don't do that. It, that yeah. So that, so for example, let's say you emailed your resume and a couple of these other documents in with your application. I think it's too much for that stage of things. But when there's, when you're in person and you're meeting with someone and you can hand them your portfolio and talk through what's in it, that feels right. You just right. don't want, you don't want to overwhelm an interviewer by emailing them, um, you know, a, a seven page PDF, in, including something like this. That would be just, I second I think, that just too intuit- much. Yeah. intuitively. It makes so much sense. Cause yeah. like it's, it's another reason to say this, this might be a little bit too much. It's overwhelming. Yeah. You don't so. want to freak them out. Yeah. <laughs> don't freak out your interviewers, please. Not a yeah, good idea. Yeah. 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 Cool. I want to look at the portfolio as a whole and how it can be integrated into the actual interview. You've alluded to it a little bit, but how do you actually use the portfolio in the interview without kind of just forcing it in there? Yeah. Yeah. So I think my favorite moment when I used to do this and and I teach my students and my clients how to do this is when you walk into the interview room and you shake the person's hand right? And maybe there are a few people in the room and you need to know that in advance because you need to have a portfolio personally. For every person who's in the yes. room. Okay. You're not going to ask okay. them to pass it around. You're going to make one for each person. <laughs> and, and just so I don't forget to say this, Chris, you are not taking it home with you. It is theirs to keep. Okay. <laughs> can I, can I get that back? I actually paid no. a lot of money for that at Kinko's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so picture yourself walking into the room, and we're just going to assume there's one interviewer, and you shake their hand, and you say to them, you know, Steve, I actually prepared something for you, and this is a portfolio that I made for you. It has it has quite a bit of info on me, uh, and you know, I'm going to reference it during the interview, and then Steve is going to sit down, and he's going to you're going to see his face. He's going to be like, holy cow. <laughs> He, he and I it's so cool Chris the stories that I've gotten from people who've done this um one sure. guy told me one guy emailed me the other day and he's like Marin the interviewer actually left the room and he's like I was kind of freaked out and he's like and then he came back with two more people just to show it to them <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, awesome. and he's like he's like I got the job um okay cool. so cool. So he has the portfolio in front of him and, you know, the interview starts and, you know, you're, you have, and you also need to have a copy of the portfolio in front of you, right? Because you need to know what he's going to be looking at, right? Okay. So, okay. The way that the best way that you can use a portfolio is when you're asked a question about, let's say, uh, you know, some work experience that's on your resume, that's when you're going to want to turn to the work samples, Right. So um, that's why it's nice to have, you know, two or three of your strongest examples of your work 
in your portfolio. And we should talk about work samples just a little bit at some point, Chris. Sure. Um, but to, to have a couple examples of, think about projects or, or roles that you've had that most closely align with this role, because let's say that you're asked about, you know, work experience at, what was it, the company you were at? Tacombe. Tacombe. Yes. And you pull out and you say to the interviewer, oh, you know, actually just flip to the back of the portfolio. You'll see uh, a one pager with the header to Combi. And then the interviewer uh, actually has a visual example as you're, te- as you're answering whatever that question is that he asked about, hey, tell me about a time when you worked on a project and things kind of went away and yeah, you, know, uh-huh. you, you came through with flying colors. You know, a- actually, Steve, that's a great question. If, if you go to the end of my portfolio, there's a there's a page that's called Tacombi, and you can actually see some some pictures there. You know, I, I ran a project that involved a team of six people, and the deadlines were totally crazy. We were launching a new, a, 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 you know, a new menu, and um, you can see a couple examples of what the store looked like, and and wow. um, kind of one of the, a promotion that we did. It's so crazy how I cool know. and how compelling that is when you're not just answering a question, you're using this as a tool to show the interviewer how deep your experience is. And it's not just how deep your experience is, but it shows your ability to kind of manage a room in that way and tell a story and, and own the opportunity to share your experience. Right. And I'm sure what you're saying is it's in some sense, it's a a little bit easier said than done because you do need to put some time into looking and reviewing your portfolio and knowing exactly what page that page is and being able to work it, so to speak. And it also takes a little bit of foresight and knowing these are some potential questions that my interviewer at this company might ask. So, so that's actually a really good, um, point, Chris, if you don't mind me, me saying that, sure. I, I believe that you should go into an interview with the five to seven stories that you know are going to get you the job. And the interview is more about placing those stories against the questions rather than it is just haphazardly coming up with answers. Interesting way to look at that. Can you elaborate? Yeah. So when you look at that job description and when you came up with your suitability map, you know the things that they're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. And to, to any question that they ask you, you could hypothetically give them probably, you know, eight or 10 different answers. It, all of us, right? We have a lot of options from our experience that we right. could give. Whereas there are probably, I, I'm saying, I'm guessing five to seven reasons why you are going to get that job if you get those reasons across. And why most people fail in interviews is they aren't strategic. They just answer the questions as, they, as they're thrown at them. And they haven't really thought about what are the stories that I need to share to get hired. And so what I tell my students and clients to do is on whatever's in front of them, let's say they have their resume in front of them in the bottom corner, just to write out five or seven keywords that will cue them to the stories um, that are going to be the strongest in terms of their experience connecting it to this job. Right. And as they go through the interview, check off as they as they use them. And you you will be able to know how well you did in the interview by how many of those you have checked off. Because if you leave there and you've only told one of those stories, yeah, you've probably given some other interesting answers, but they probably don't have a ton to do with that job. And your your match for that job, if you've only given one of what you know are your strongest stories, you're probably not getting the job. 
Right. I am a huge <laughs> proponent of stories. And I think your case in point of how stories can really sell and really do well in an interview. I mean, think about the story you just mm-hmm. told about the student who came in and presented the different portfolios and it just absolutely wowed the interviewer. Um, for me, it it's one of the most powerful things you can do, one of the most powerful things you could do to sell yourself. You, you know, and Chris, you said something which, which I think is important for us to touch on, which is, you know, you said this is going to take some time to do this, right? To put together this portfolio and to think through how you're going to use it. Yes, it is. Uh, and the act of preparing a portfolio, it is unbelievable how prepared it will make you for that interview. Okay. That's essentially doing your homework. And that's one of the problems that I see with people applying for jobs is they're applying for too many and they're not really putting their heart into it and they're not getting them and then they're getting frustrated. Right. Right. So if you really want the next job that you apply for, put together a portfolio like we're talking about. You'll be shocked at how much better that interview is going to go because of the time you took to prepare and because of the impression that you made on the interviewer. Even if you don't use the portfolio perfectly or even if you just hand it to them and you're so nervous and you forget to even reference it, you know what's going to happen? They're going to leave that interview with that portfolio and you're going to be the only person who did that. And I'm a big believer that how you prepare for and how you conduct yourself in an interview is a huge indicator of how you will be in that job. Right, right, exactly. And maybe a silly question here, but how do you print out the the portfolio itself? What's what yeah. would that look like? Yeah. So, you know, if you have a color printer at home, I mean, save your money and and literally just make the documents that we've talked about on your computer at home and print them out at home and go to an office supply store and buy those clear report covers. Definitely Contact whoever scheduled the interview and ask them for the full name of anyone who will be interviewing you, right? Okay. So you you know how many portfolios to make and make one for yourself. Um, if you want, um, you know, you can certainly get the the pages printed at, um, you know, somewhere like a, like a FedEx office or Kinko's type sure. place. Um, but, you know, when I, when I used to do this um, back, you know, when I was not, not running, running my company, but but interviewing, um, I would just do it myself, um, you know, and just have a, you know, have a stash of those clear report covers at home and then have nice quality paper and, and have, um, certainly color ink options at home. Um, you know, because I think a lot of the, the, um, printing stores charge you a dollar a page for color, which is a little, you know, a little oh. steep. Um, but you know, I think if you, if you want to spend 10 bucks, um, and have it done at, at a print shop, um, that's great too. You know, either option works just depending upon your budget. Awesome. Well, Maren, you've been such a great guest so far as always. And, um, for those of you who just are so intrigued by this portfolio idea, which I wouldn't be surprised if you are, if you're still listening, um, <laughs> we're going to, like I said, link some visuals in a blog and bonus. You did not know this, but we're also going to release another episode in January about the 30, 60, 90 day plan. It's going to be a short and sweet mini sode in which Marin talks about how specifically to come up with yours. I would love all of you to check that out and listen as well. So Marin, is there anything else you would like to add about a portfolio before we ask about what you're up to next? I think that's it. You know, it, yes, it seems like a lot of work, but I'm telling you, you will absolutely stand out and it'll be worth it. And you can repurpose once you get that, uh, that kind of first draft of a portfolio done. You know, you've got you've got kind of the, the original version of each of these documents. You can tweak them for future interviews if you don't get the interview the first time you use the portfolio. 
Fantastic. Thank you so much. So how can people find out about you and what's next for Marin Roberts Huntley? Well, first off, thank you for having me on on here. It's always fun chatting with you and then hopefully your listeners um, actually put, put a portfolio to use. I, I, I know um, it's a game changer for people who do it. So for me, um, if people want to learn more about me, my website, Made to Hire, M-A-D-E-T-O-H-I-R-E, madetohire.com is the place to go. Um, I have a blog and I give out lots of career advice on there. I also have a book made to hire how to get the job you really want. And then it's, it's interesting that the release date of your podcast, uh, because today and tomorrow, my online career course is actually free. We're doing a holiday what? spirit. I know it's crazy. You say that it's, again one more time. Your yes. course is free. Yes, I have an online career course and it's six hours of on-demand videos that cover everything from how to tell your story, how to interview, how to negotiate pay, how to be successful after you get hired, the whole gamut of career success. And yeah, it's free today and tomorrow. Um, this is huge, guys, because stop whatever you're doing and <laughs> check out the description is going to have this this link here. But I've, I think this is it's worth a lot of money. There's so much value in this course. I've sent past clients there before I've checked it out and it's, 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 it's great. And the fact that it's free, uh, you're not going to want to miss out on this. So just, you know, I'm just feeling like Santa and want, (laughs) you know, want to give people more, more access to things that will really help them move the needle on their careers. And, um, it's, you don't have to take the whole course in the next two days. It's just, if you sign up for it either um, today or tomorrow, you'll have lifetime access to it for free. So yeah, you can find out more at madetohire.com. Perfect. And are you on social? I am. Yes. I have a very active, um, Instagram page, which is made to hire. So certainly follow me there. I also am on LinkedIn a lot. So that's under my name, Marin Roberts Huntley. So you guys are welcome to connect with me. Those are kind of my two most active platforms. Perfect. And for those of you listeners who are jogging or driving, like I said, we want you to be safe. So please check out those hyperlinks in the description below. So Marin, I can't thank you enough for being on the Career Warrior podcast. I think you're a really great example of someone who just illustrates what it means to be a great job seeker. And like, I know a lot of people look up to you. So thanks for being on the show yet again. Well, Chris, it is just an honor to be on your 100th, 100th episode. Congratulations on getting to 100. Thank you. I know your, your listeners really appreciate your advice. And, and thank you so much for letting me, letting me be here today. Awesome. Thank you. This concludes our 100th episode of the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior podcast. Wow, what amazing insights and what an honor it is to have Marin come back on the show. And for those of you who found this episode to be intriguing, I would also recommend episode 36 in which Marin interviews me on my own podcast episode about the five questions that you must nail when it comes to the interview. And like I said, we'll also have a blog out that has um, some visuals basically of these components that Marin was talking about. So this concludes episode 100. Take care and I'll see you next time. And for more on your job search, make sure to check out letseatgrandma.com. That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services if you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked. And please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. 
The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search. Pay it forward. Thanks, guys, for being true warriors, and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.